The eczema laser was the key component to the invention of LASIK surgery, responsible to returning nearly perfect vision to millions of people. How was the Lexamer laser developed, and how did it turn into a miracle capable of correcting vision? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Manny Baumick, a world-renowned physicist and co-inventor of the laser technology that made LASIK surgery possible. He is the author of the critically acclaimed Codename God, which has been a bestseller in the U.S. as well as in his native India. Dr. Baumick is the recipient of the prestigious Mahatma Gandhi Humanitarian Award for his contributions to science and humanity and is the creator and executive producer of a new animated series geared towards inspiring children's interest in science. Dr. Baumick, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me, and I want to also thank you for the nice introduction. You're quite welcome. I'd like to go back in time, if we can, to the time that you were involved in laser technology before the eczema laser came to fruition. What type of work were you doing, and what did you think was going to happen? We were working on various types of laser, and believe it or not, it was actually for a Reagan Star Wars program at the time. This was trying to find a laser that would be capable of a long-distance radar. It would be long-distance radar using a laser, and that didn't, of course, go, as you know, the Star Wars program, I mean. But, uh, you know, as in life, sometimes you look for something, but something even better comes along. So what laser were you working on? Was it the carbon monoxide laser, the ruby laser, YAG laser? I was uh, uh, working on the carbon monoxide laser. In fact, at the time, I was working at Northrop Grumman Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, and we built the highest power laser using carbon monoxide. And then we shifted into the Eximer laser, and I had the privilege of announcing the first conclusive evidence of Eximer laser way back in 1973 in Optical Society meeting in Denver, Colorado. And I took that long to come to fruition <laughs> to, today to, to LASIK. What is an eczema laser? How does that differ from another laser? Help us understand that. Good question. First of all, let me tell you what the special feature of the eczema laser that makes the LASIK possible. It is the about only class of laser that cuts cold without burning. As you know, most lasers, when they cut, burns and also cauterizes at the same time. But we don't want that on the eye. And in this case, the laser beam simply dissociates the molecular bonds and evaporates the cells, so to speak, without any burning or any visible scars. So that's the special feature that is used. And the reason it is able to do that is because the individual light package, photovical photon, has the highest, one of the highest energy. So this is why it is able to dissociate these bonds by absorption. And the eczema stands for a type of laser that does not exist normally. And it's actually, <laughs> eczema is short for excited dimer. That means in the normal state, they are just single atoms. But they form a molecule when one of the partners is excited. In the excited state, it's a molecule. Then after lasing, of course, then it, they fall apart and become atom again. So that's, that's why the name is eczemer, which is short for excited dimer. I'm wondering how you got from trying to blow up things in the sky to shaving off a tiny little layer of cornea from the eye. I mean, was that your idea or was it someone else's idea but used your technology? 
let me answer in two parts. Number one, the, when we developed the Exumer laser, that used a very large piece of equipment that could not be put in a physician's lab. So one of the things we did is to re reduce it down to practical, usable version. And I think that took some time. And the second thing is that it was, again, another serendipity, because when the Star Wars program kind of winded down, it was realized that the shorter wavelength of the XMR laser is good for photolithography that is used for etching circuits on the computer chips. And so a gentleman at IBM was working on photolithography in a dark room, and accidentally a little beam fell on his hand, and it didn't hurt him. And later on he saw that just a little crater, but there was no burning. And so it was pretty accidental, and he was a physicist, and he happened to mention that to some physician uh, during a dinner, in a, a sort of a, a social conversation, and the physician realized the importance of it. And so he started working on tissues, and then finally had a patent on it, using laser for cutting tissues without any burning. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I have the privilege of talking to Dr. Manny Baumick, a world-renowned physicist and co-inventor of the laser technology that made LASIK surgery possible. Dr. Baumick, you were involved in getting the laser to actually work in a normal temperature. Is that correct? We're talking about the carbon monoxide laser that usually used to be operated at liquid nitrogen temperature, but I was able to make it work at room temperature, but that's not the one that we're using for the LASIK process. How did that come to you? Were you in a deep meditative state and it realized it could be done, or was it you know, a five-year process to get it to work at room temperature? It was a five-year process, but as you know, in most scientific discoveries, intuition plays a great part, even though scientists do not yet understand what intuition is, but it comes from probably from our subconscious where things are being processed without our knowledge, and all of a sudden you get this aha, uh, you know, eureka. And I was, uh, of course, thinking about how to improve the operation to a higher temperature, and then various things came to my mind, but one of them clicked, and to my surprise, I thought it was a miracle almost uh, when it started lasing at room temperature, which nobody thought would be possible. So the Exumer laser was a similar thing. A lot of people tried, and they thought that because of this large energy of the photon, it might destroy the molecule before by absorbing before it can actually produce a, a strong laser. And again, we found that, in fact, uh, in some molecules, it actually does give a very high-power laser. When I think of laser, I, I think of when I give talks, I use a pointer, which is a laser of sorts. And what is unique about that laser that it will not cause any damage and or hurt anyone? That one, of course, is a, is a low-power laser, usually is a diode laser. At the very beginning, it is to be one of the ruby lasers, but diode lasers are much cheaper, and its power is quite low. And, of course, if you directly look at it, <laughs> obviously that is not be good because it can penetrate the lens and get to the retina and could cause some problems. So no matter how low the power is, at that kind of web length, it is not advisable to look at it directly. But with the Exumer laser, one of the other advantages is that the cornea actually absorbs it. It doesn't allow 
the laser beam to go past the cornea or the lens into the retina, which is the most sensitive part. And in fact, a lot of testing went on before FDA would approve the laser for the LASIK to make sure that retina is not damaged. Now, one of the concerns was that even though the Exumer laser itself could be absorbed by the cornea or the lens, but it could produce a longer wavelength fluorescence that could penetrate and damage the cornea. So actually, for the LASIK, the shortest wavelength possible that can go through the air, the argon fluoride laser, and that laser is at 193 nanometer, that gets absorbed very uh, thin amount of thickness of the cornea, and also its fluorescence long enough that it also doesn't go through to the retina to damage it. How long has LASIK been around? Has it been about 20, 30 years? Well, the first laser operation, which they call photorefractive keratectomy, before the LASIK, that was done in the late 1980s. But the first approval by the FDA came for nearsightedness first, because there you just flatten the curvature of the cornea, which is easier to do in October of 1995. And then 97, they approved the laser for correcting astigmatism as well. And then for the farsightedness, the following year, November 98, FDA approved it. And then since 2000, it just <laughs> went like like a uh, hotcake. About 15 million people has got it done worldwide. How about Manny Bamek? Has he had it done? I have a stable vision, and that's one of the things that one has to look for, that uh, the vision is changing too fast, then uh, don't have to, you have to wait till it gets stabilized. So I think 95% of people are eligible for it. And more importantly, that for golfers, for example, they can improve their vision better than 2020, up to 2015, for example, because they have this new technological wavefront technology, web scan, where they can have a detailed map of the laser. And it's all done in computers. As you know, the LASIK procedure actually takes less than a minute because it's all fed into the computer, and the computer directs the laser beam the ablation. Well, Dr. Manny Baumick, thank you so much today for talking to us about lasers and eczema lasers. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, and my guest has been Dr. Manny Baumick, a renowned physicist and co-inventor of the laser technology that made LASIK surgery possible, also the author of the critically acclaimed Codename God book, which is a bestseller in the U.S. as well as India. If you tune into our website, reachmd.com, you can download any of the podcasts available in our library. And thank you for listening.